0: Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman, here with our good bishop. Also, we're joined by several guests who will have introduced themselves
1: in just a minute. But before we do, should we pray the Angelus, Bishop? Yes. Great to pray
2: with you today and with our young adults. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary. And she conceived conceived of the Holy Holy
1: Spirit. Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord Lord is is with with thee. thee.
2: That we to whom the incarnation
1: incarnation of Christ Christ, your Son Was made known by the message of an angel
2: May by his passion and cross Be brought to the the glory of his resurrection resurrection, Through the same Christ our Lord Amen In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen.
3: Amen Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes Brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union On this episode, Bishop Broads is joined in the studio by a panel of four young adults from the South Bend area, as well as the Director of Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend, Sean Allen. Their conversation includes ways the church can reach out and accompany the diverse young adult population through things like Christian community and social media.
0: Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman and we are joined here in the studio by four young adults and also Sean Allen from the diocese and thought maybe to start off, we'd have them introduce themselves.
4: Hi, my name's Stephen Horton. I attend St. Monica's Parish up in Mishawaka. I teach music for the school there. Been a parishioner for about four years and just came into the church in April of 2017.
5: Hi. My name is Stephanie Zacher. I'm a parishioner at St. John the Evangelist in Goshen. I'm also a German teacher at Northridge High School in Middlebury, and I've been a parishioner at St. John's for two years now, but I was raised in a number of Catholic churches in the Archdiocese of the US military.
3: Hi, I'm Jamie Stickley. I'm a parishioner at Queen of Peace in Mishawaka. In my professional life, I'm an audiologist, which is someone who specializes in hearing and balance disorders. I happen to be a convert to the Catholic faith coming into the church in April 2012.
6: I'm Genevieve Neald. I'm a parish hopper. I um, love going to the Basilica but I, um, at Notre Dame, but it's not a parish. I'm still looking for my home, as it were, although, you know, Catholic Church is my home. I am also a teacher. I teach at St. John the Baptist Catholic School in South Bend, and we're moving to a new curriculum, which is really exciting and taking up a lot of my time. So,
7: hi, I'm Sean Allen, Director of Young Adult and Campus Ministry for the Diocese. My parish is St. Pius X in Granger, and my background is I was originally an electrical engineer, and then, although a growing up Catholic, after being evangelized by a young adult community at a church in San Diego, I changed my line of work and went to church ministry to walk with others, other young adults through this journey.
2: All right. It's great to have these young people here, Kyle, and I'm looking forward to our discussion together. And it's always a joy for me to be with our young adults and all over the diocese. And I think it's a great idea that we have them here on our show today, Truth and Charity. I'm looking forward to having some discussion with them, but also very interesting backgrounds each of them have. I'm looking forward to learning more about them.
0: Well, and I think that's one of the interesting things about young adult ministry is People do have such different situations that they're in where with uh, youth ministry, for example, everybody's in high school and they're living with their parents and, you know, they might be working a part time job, but nothing too permanent. Whereas with young adults, you've got students you've got people that are employed. You've got stay at home moms. You've got parents or people that don't have any children, married and single all these different diverse backgrounds and it's hard to have like a one size fits all ministry for quote unquote young adults when you are thinking about or talking about young adults what are you envisioning as what does that
2: mean everyone my age or younger <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Um, usually i think post high school um, mm-hmm. around the age of 18 all the way to probably 39 i think that's probably the age range that the USCCB, I think, uses when we speak about young adults. Mm -hmm.
0: And one of the reasons that we wanted to do this is back in January, we had an episode and we're talking about goals for 2019. And you said that one of those was to reach out more to young adults. Can you talk about those efforts and what's been happening in the diocese or maybe
1: some plans in the future? And maybe then we can kind of readdress this again at the end of the episode too.
2: Well, young adults in the church have always been a priority for me. However, I think we have increased attention now given the Synod of Bishops coming up in October where the whole church universal at the um, initiative of Pope Francis is... um, going to be reflecting on the place of young adults in the life of the church. So we provided input from our diocese for the synod because the Holy Father wanted a a wide-ranging consultation of Mm -hmm. dioceses throughout the world. So another thing would be a certain urgency that I feel given the cultural situation in which we're living, where we found in recent years so many young adults, not just Catholics, but others as well, who now don't affiliate with any religion. And uh, so you can see the influence of secularism and secularist way of life that um, really has a a strong impact on, on newer generations. So I think we have to be more purposeful, more intentional, in our not only our outreach to young adults but also and welcoming but also accompaniment which is a word that pope francis uses a lot and recognizing the gifts of our our young adults and and engaging them in the the ministries and mission of the church in our parishes for example and you know sometimes i notice our programs for example tend to be family focused and some young adults are beginning a family, but but many have not yet mm-hmm. because they're they're still discerning their vocation or whatever. So I think we have to understand the diversity of young adults and and not just plan everything around one model like the model of family, as important as that is, but really accompany our young people wherever they're at in their in their life's journey and I think it means Especially When I think of Our priests And we're going to have A workshop on this For our priests In October And Sean's helping And planning that One of the things That I think is really important Is there are so many Opportunities to engage With young adults I find so many Opportunities um, Where I'm At an event Or even Sitting on an airplane Where I'm sitting Next to a young adult And we start up A conversation And it can move Into the area of faith We need to take Advantage of those Opportunities And I really Actually enjoy that Because Um I find so many young adults so open and, and, and really thinking about the meaning of life and purpose of life and things like that. And so there's there's clearly an opening to talk about God. Well, and I think some of
0: that conversation is gonna happen right today on this episode. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think this is really important for us to have this conversation. So coming up, we'll chat with these young adults and hear questions from them about their experience in the church right here on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I'm Kyle Hyman and we're joined here in the studio by four young adults from across the diocese and they have brought with them some questions. So go ahead and we'll have a conversation here.
4: Bishop, you just mentioned the amount of secularism that's t- currently taking place in our culture, and in one of the ministries to young adults, we went through intentional discipleship. Sherry Waddell talks about one in ten young adults um, are currently going to mass on a weekly basis. Uh, what do you think is the future of the church in the United States, and how do young adults fit in?
2: Stephen, that's a great question. Um, I think about that sometimes, and. Of course, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know regarding the future other than the culture has, because it's become so much more secularized, I think our task as Christians has become more challenging. In other words, the supports that we were used to, like the family, may not be there. And um, we see in our colleges and universities, for example, where secularism can be very strong and young people can be led away from the faith. And that's why I'm also wanting to give a lot of attention to issues like faith and science and some of the uh, things that our young people, college students, hear so that they have an intellectual response, a good, intelligent reflection on why faith can be credible and the um, compatibility between faith and reason and faith and science those are important things when i think about the future i I wonder sometimes if the church might not become smaller in numbers but perhaps more committed people Mm -hmm. because we have a lot of people as you uh, you know all throughout my lifetime really people who identified as catholics but but really weren't going to church or weren't very engaged weren't really living lives of discipleship in the sense of having their faith influence their their life decisions, et cetera, their moral decisions. So what I see, and I, it gives me a lot of hope, is perhaps a smaller number, but a more committed group of young people. Because they've had to think about their faith, they've had to make a conscious decision to be Catholic or to go to Mass because sometimes they may be the only ones in their family that go to Mass. So, I see more and more of that. So, I've really been impressed by this increasing level of commitment, albeit by a fewer number. So, I think about that, and um, I would like to see that number grow. But as our young adults learn and become more missionary disciples, like Pope Francis talks about, then I think the numbers will grow. And I'm hopeful that this will be the direction certainly in our diocese very focused on this but also in the church universal you know and with the discussions that will will go on at the synod of bishops in october because we don't face this alone i mean western europe you know they've been facing this for a long time one thing i did learn last week i was talking actually to a young adult i was home in pennsylvania for a funeral of a cousin i was talking to some of the young adults uh, cousins of mine and they were talking about, especially through social media, the influence of the quote, new atheists. And I, that was kind of news to me. I mean, I knew, know about the new atheists and I've read about you know Christopher Hitchens and some of the others, but I didn't realize how prominent their voices were in the media, in social media especially, which is one of the areas where our young people are very involved in so it was interesting uh i did some reading just in the past week to answer some questions that came up from these cousins of mine who had been reading some of this stuff so that's something that i you know just learned about recently and i think uh, something i want to talk about here in the diocese because i have no idea how much influence that kind of thing that's part of secularism of course is the new atheism but it had taken hold in, in Europe decades ago, and it's now becoming more prominent here in the United States. Do you mind, Bishop, explaining what the new, new atheism is and what, how people might be influenced by that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not an expert by any means. I'm kind of new in, in studying this, but uh, I guess they call them new atheists because it's kind of a different, somewhat different brand of atheism from those of a century or two ago. But I think it, a lot of it has to do with um, certain criti- criticisms of the, of the Bible, for mm-hmm. example. Not only the historicity of the Gospels, for example, the divinity of Christ, and some of the attacks on Christianity and other religions as well that I've read really can be not only, how would I say it, strong, but also distorting of our teachings and there are errors in, mm-hmm. in that historical or, or philosophical errors that we need to point out that are in these criticisms. But more than just taking a defensive posture, which is kind of what apologetics is about and I think that is important, and then deal with those real questions about the existence of God, about um, the historicity of the Gospels. Various teachings um, So there are philosophical questions involved So we have to be able to engage intellectually With these kinds of arguments And then also show the On a more existential level How uh, living the Christian life Following Christ as his disciples In the Catholic Church Is a joyful and more meaningful life Purposeful life That helps us you know, in the everyday challenges that we face and how to deal with the most difficult parts of human existence like suffering and death. And when you get to those things, honestly, following the new atheists, you kind of would end up, I think, in despair. Mm-hmm. You know, the natural or I would say sometimes the um, the logical conclusion in some if you follow some of those would be that life maybe isn't worth living. And then there's options like suicide, you know, and it's very sad. And we have the good news uh, of the gospel. We have the good news of the triumph of life over death. So we need to present the gospel with all its attractiveness. The new atheists kind of make it look like Christianity or Catholicism is kind of like belief in fairy tales. Well, no, I mean, we have a very rich intellectual tradition. That makes sense. Yes, we deal with mysteries that we can't fully comprehend as human beings, but our faith does not contradict our reason.
6: So, Bishop, you talked about how um, that you kind of see the church as going for, uh, to a smaller number, but um, more intentional disciples, if you will, ready and willing to really profess their faith. Uh, so, I guess, what is your, your vision, your plan for our diocese to kind of foster that spirit of going out, um, having these intentional disciples, particularly the young adults, and how would they go out and bring people either back to, to mass, to the church, or should they just focus on bringing them to jesus and focus on a relationship with jesus or should those things kind of work in tandem what do you what do you see we should do
2: uh, it's a great question genevieve i i think they have to work in tandem we can't separate the head from the body separate jesus from his church it's not just a me and jesus our faith is necessarily communal we're part of the body of christ but we live in a culture of individualism so You'll hear a lot of people say, young adults included sometimes, oh, I don't really need the church. I can, it's just me and God. Or someone could say, I have a spiritual life, but I'm not into organized religion. So there's all kinds of those kinds of arguments that we'll hear, but I don't think that's authentic Christianity. I mean, Jesus formed a community beginning with his apostles and the communal nature of our faith has always been there. All we have to do is read the gospels, but also the acts of the apostles. As far as a plan for this ministry in our diocese and creating this kind of culture, especially for our young people, and the culture of evangelization, I believe it's still in the works. We did it recently, this past year, a reorganization of our diocesan structure and reformed one of the secretariats that's now called the Secretariat for Evangelization and Discipleship we didn't have that word discipleship in there before, but it's not just this, a change of title, it's also kind of a renewed vision because evangelization, which is the proclamation of the gospel, is all about formation of disciples, committed disciples of Christ. And it's a matter of both the head and the heart. I think we d- we've done a pretty good job, especially I'd say in, in the recent, decade or two in that intellectual, the formation of the head, in a sense that we've had kind of a renewed and very good, you know, in many places, very good catechesis in our high schools, et cetera. But where we lag behind, I think, sometimes is the formation of the heart, that personal encounter with Christ. And that is an individual thing, too. I don't mean to put down, but it's not, it's individual, but it's not individualistic, So it's the individual encounter with Christ within his body, the church. That's why attending mass, for example, could be one indicator of being an active disciple, but it can't be the only indicator. I mean, someone could go to mass and really not be engaged. One's own personal relationship with Christ outside of mass, as someone, a living, uh, a friend in my life, the, the divine son of God who, is my personal savior, but the idea of a real relationship with Jesus through one's daily prayer, one's daily life. So what we need to continue working on and what we're doing here is is evangelization in the context of formation of, of disciples. And we call them missionary disciples because it's not just a matter of forming students of the master, disciples of Jesus the teacher, but always, it's with a view to, to go out. I mean, Jesus spent those three years forming the apostles. But they were being formed for mission. And that's the same with us. All of our efforts of formation were to form disciples for mission. Who will go out? and spread the faith defend the faith live the faith in such a way that it attracts others to the lord and it's beautiful i've seen so many young adults do this i've seen when i have the rights of election every year there's always young adults coming into the church some of them come in from other christian denominations but Many of them are also, were were never baptized, so they're true catechumens, so they receive the sacraments of initiation. And so often it's because of the witness of their friends, the witness of other young adults. They can reach people that, you know, our priests and myself, that we may never be able to reach. And it it comes from um, just seeing others their age who are happy in their life who are living with uh, with meaning and purpose and they want that. So I think that young adults who are truly missionary disciples can have a profound effect. Um, so that's all part of the vision that I have for the diocese is this formation of missionary disciples as part of our whole effort, an integral part of the whole effort of evangelization. Now there are various programs out there that we look at and that we're using. I know some parishes use the Alpha program and some use other programs. And But it's not just a matter of a program. I think sometimes this happens independent of, of, a, of a, a structured program. Every parish, in my opinion, needs to have this vision. And even in our catechetical programs, uh, especially when I think about our high school religion classes, should have this vision. I sometimes will think, well, how many of our Catholic high school graduates, when they graduate, are missionary disciples? That's a really big question. Some are, obviously, but I I think we can, we can do a better job in that area.
6: So how do you think then that the the diocese would go about encouraging parishes to really focus more on this relationship between people and um, focusing on young adults who, as we've said, are, are not going to mass, are necessarily part of a parish community. How do you give them the message that, you know, we want you, we need you, and also to support the, the young adults who are already active and uh, supporting them and encouraging them to go out and form these relationships?
2: Really good question that's one of the things that we're going to be dealing with in our October workshop with our priests because I think we have to help our priests in this area as I go around the diocese I see some parishes that are very good in engaging young adults and reaching out to them but I see others where there's where, where not much is happening where it's kind of like the status quo and that's not going to work it's just not going to work and it's not like you know some of our priests wouldn't be open to that or want it but maybe they just don't know how and I think that's one of the things at the workshop that I really want to uh, press kind of hard and I think it really begins with just paying attention to the young adults engaging them inviting them to be involved in whatever particular aspects of the parish life like if you see young adults you know engage invite them invite them to something come have a conversation and i think those simple things are really important but then all those young adults who aren't coming to church i think first of all we should really make sure that those who are coming to church are engaged but i do think that then we have to go out i mentioned you know When I run into young adults, uh, I mentioned on an airplane, but but there are so many other occasions. I was at a Tin Caps game in Fort Wayne, a baseball game where I was sitting near some young adults and got talking to them. And uh, it was great. And it was interesting. Some were Catholic who had stopped practicing the faith. Well, that was a wonderful opportunity, a very informal setting for me to try to reestablish a connection of them with the church. So... So there's so many of those unplanned kinds of uh, opportunities that our priests have, and lay people too, but that I have as, as a bishop. I think also it would be good to have maybe a more organized plan as well, like in our parishes. First of all, you have to find out, well, where are they? If they're not coming to church, some kind of way to, to find young adults within the parish boundaries, who aren't coming to church and maybe having some events to welcome them back. They don't even have to be explicitly spiritual events at the beginning. It could be something very social as a way that you can invite young adults. There's all kinds of ways, I think, that we can do it. And I think we can learn from those places where they have successful approaches some of the movements or, or some dioceses where they, they've done a good job. I think of focus missionaries as an example on college campuses and the way they evangelize. You know, they set up these Bible study groups, but they accompany people. What, what's most effective, I think, about focus is they form friendships and with uh, fellow college students, and it could be college students who've never even been Catholic or been engaged with organized religion i like their model i think we can learn from that it's how to transfer that model to the parish and i think focus is actually working on that and has some ways of doing that that's just one model so i think we can learn from these different models but as i said we're kind of still in um I mean, we have a lot of good young adult activities on the diocesan level here, thanks to Sean. I love going to theology on tap, both in Fort Wayne and South Bend. I know there are retreat opportunities and and various things, and they need to continue. And I think they're really, they're very helpful. And I think our challenge now is to get more going at the parish level. So hopefully that's helpful.
0: All right, well, we're going to take a little break right now. And if you have a question for Bishop, you can ask them for a future episode by going to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop. You can call or text the Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-9598. And coming up, Bishop will answer more questions about vocations, transitions, waiting, and more from our young adults. And then we'll hear from our Director of Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese right here on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman with our bishop and with our young adults that are here. They've been asking questions. It's been a great conversation. And I believe we have some more questions from the young adults.
5: So you mentioned that there's a number of good activities at the diocesan level for young adults. But then I know many of us, when we go back to our own parishes, are finding that there's not as much at the parish that's directed towards young adults, especially if we don't happen to be married and have no children, because there's so much set up for the family. So what can our parishes do to help the young adults plug into the parish better and not feel so lost sitting in the pews?
2: I think there's a lot of things, Stephanie. That's a great question. I think, for example, even in our preaching, do we ever think about questions or issues that young adults are dealing with? Do we deal with them in our homilies? You know, that's an important question for our priest to ask. But also, as you mentioned, just parish programs and activities. And I think sometimes it's a matter of there's good programs, but we need to get, invite young adults to be part of them, but also to have programs that are specifically addressed to young adults. And, and their experiences that will be helpful to them. You know, like a young adult Bible study group or a young adult, uh, and find out perhaps, I think you have to let the young adults also be part of the planning. It's just not us saying, well, we think, Young adults need this No we need to find out What would be helpful So we have to uh, ask them You know what would you like to see What would you like You know we could have Some small group activities What would you be interested in It could be about prayer Or whatever So it really needs We need to call forth We need to really meet with And converse with our young adults and I talk about not only priests, but parish leaders in general, whether whatever position our parish leaders might have. I'd be interested in, just from your own experiences, like maybe, what are some things that you've felt as in, in our parishes that might be where you don't feel that inspired or you maybe not don't feel like you connect too well, or that might be obstacles to your Becoming engaged in the life of the parish?
5: Well, it's a good question. I have to say, when I went to register at my parish, it was um, probably my first obstacle <laughs> in being part of the parish because it was a paper form um, that was clearly meant for families. And so I wasn't even sure where to put my name on the form and then trying to get it back to the parish office during business hours when I'm at work it was just a, a whole new experience. It was, um, it was not a great first impression trying to join a parish, and that would be, we're, I think, especially young adults, we're so used to being able to go to a website and click on a button to join something to actually make it to office hours. Yeah. Adds a, a layer of complexity that's not usually there in our lives.
2: Isn't that interesting Like that's something that I would never have thought of You know And I bet the priests A lot of them Would never think of that So those but, th- but if we're listening To young people And we're engaging them Then we learn Things like that You know Like I'm not real great At technology I'm I do use it But it's My communications office <laughs> it Helps me Because I don't I'm not that great In, in uh, You know The social media And all that But that's a really good Concrete example So thank you, Stephanie For sharing that Yeah
3: Bishop, I would have to Really agree with you um, In terms of engaging The young adults At each individual parish In terms of what They're looking for And what would best Suit their needs I, I think that I've found At parishes That they're looking For young adults To get involved And sometimes Will even lament At the fact That they're not involved But they look to Not change the program That they're in And to fit the young adults In the program That's currently going And it's not usually programs that young adults completely identify with or feel that they belong at so I think um, again engaging the young adults more directly in yeah. terms of what they're looking for for community is yeah. important
2: thanks Jamie yeah and you know a lot of them you know I'm thinking you know of a typical parish and their their present programming I know some places where it's all family centered so if you have single people which most young adults are, There's nothing there, maybe. It depends on the parish. Now, I know some of our parishes, they have many more ministries than others, depends on the size of the parish and all of that. But I, I do agree with you, Jamie, that we need to have young adults involved in the actual planning of activities and programs.
6: I think another, not necessarily obstacle, but interesting aspect to think about, I'm, I'm the parish hopper. And part of the reason for that is different parishes are really good at reaching young, young adults in different ways, which it is beautiful, but I want to be part of all of it and I don't yeah. necessarily want to stick if I register at a parish I will feel like I'm supposed to stay at that parish and be really involved in that parish when in reality I want to be involved in many different things and so I'm, I'm not sure if it's just a message that the parishes have to send saying you can be registered with us this is your home base but go be Catholic everywhere kind of yeah. thing yeah. Uh, and so just feeling like I have to stay in one place if I register somewhere um, inhibits me from really finding Finding a community when perhaps it can just be the community, the Catholic community at large.
2: Ah, thank you for sharing that. I wouldn't have thought of that either. But yeah, I mean, I think, for example, I do know people who, you know, belong to a particular parish. But because they're attracted to different things in other parishes, they are kind of going around to different places. I think that's fine. You know, we're all Catholic. I think that's very fine. And it would be good to think about when you think about that, well, which of those communities that you've been to, would you want to have as your home base? I think it is good to have a home base, <laughs> so, but you have to kind of discern and say, okay, this is where I, I really am, maybe because of the the liturgy or whatever, where you feel really at home or where you're spiritually nourished the most. I mean, you could. I think you should first start with the parish where you live, just to see if that fits. But oftentimes, nowadays, people, in the old days, you kinda had to register in the parish within the territory, but we're much more flexible about that now. But I think that's a good place to start. And if you don't find it a place that you would really be nourished or feel at home, you would have the freedom to register somewhere else
4: you asked me before the program started today how things were going at my particular parish and th- everything's really great. It was as we're sitting here talking about obstacles, I was like, oh, I don't know any obstacles at St. Monica's, but I actually looking back on my first years there before I was Catholic as things were kind of in the way they were at the time, I remembered and some of my other young adult friends have mentioned this at their own parishes, you mentioned that there's these opportunities to grow. A lot of times if you're new to the parish or like myself, I wasn't Catholic and not growing up Catholic or with no exposure, I didn't know what those opportunities were. And I remember one of my biggest obstacles are things are just in the bulletin and I was just expected maybe to read the bulletin. And I didn't actually know until I was there for over two years at the parish what RCIA was and had I known, I may have come into the church sooner.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, the parish bulletin has traditionally for, for decades been the main means of communication. But when you think about it, the parish bulletin, again, in this age of technology, well, first of all, if, you're, if if a young adult isn't going to mass, they're not going to get the news. so that, so you lose a lot, not just young adults. So definitely we have to do better with technology, social media, in our communications. And even you know, at mass too, sometimes pulpit announcements about important things that can be helpful. But I would need to learn from young adults themselves how, even on the Dawson level, how they would recommend to me what social media to use and how to do it. I mean, here we are on Redeemer Radio. I wonder how many young adults are listening to this program right now. Do many young adults listen to the radio in the car? I, I don't know. I have no idea. No? <laughs> I see them sh- shaking their head no. So, you know, like how, how would we get young adults to tune in to Redeemer Radio? Because if they're not naturally Going through radio channels Well, wh- wh- What do you do in the car You don't usually listen See now this is A way for me to learn By the way I just got a new car Last summer And I didn't realize It didn't have a CD player I was so disappointed Because I like Used to like to listen To audio books In the car And a young adult said Bishop don't worry about it You can use your phone And listen to it. I said how do I listen to uh, 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 So you see how ignorant I am of social media. So a young adult taught me how to do that. So anyhow, I'm getting off, what did I add? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um But I mean, yeah, I know that the diocese, our communications office has done a lot as far as social media now. I think they've really done a good job. And. Our principal mode of communication is our Dasa newspaper which is today's catholic which was only paper edition Then it went digital and now we have it in all these different ways that people can get it I wonder how many young adults Catholic young adults of our diocese read today's catholic in one of those media of social communications or I I doubt that many young adults subscribe to the paper copy. I kind of like the paper copy myself, (laughs) but you know, I'm 60 years old. And we even have some things in the paper that I think are of interest to young adults, and we even have a regular column geared towards young adults, young adult authors, for example. It's a question then of young adults themselves then maybe sharing it with other young adults, and maybe that's the way.
4: I remember when working for Theology on Tap, it's helpful for someone who understands the way that like, the news feed works on, say, Facebook. So, when we were on the the planning team for Theology on Tap, Sean told us, hey, we're putting out this event at this time. The more people like it and in rapid succession means it's going to show up more in the feed. So, having just like a core team of people who knows that, Sean shares it right away and then all of us click like and all of us click share right at once. And so, knowing the algorithm them, helped us to really make sure It's popping up in other people's feeds
1: Wow, gaming the system
2: That's great, yeah All right. I'm learning A lot here today <laughs> it's good. Thank you, see this is the thing I think people like me And I'm not, you know, being the bishop But I think I need to learn more And I think so do our pastors And priests and, and our parish leaders Now some of our young priests are probably Really into this, that's another thing Is, is we can learn from you And that's really helpful as you can learn from us, yeah.
0: All right, well just a reminder that you can ask questions for a future episode by going to redeemerradio.com slash askbishop. You can call or text the Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-9598. And coming up we've got Sean Allen, Director of Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese joining us to continue the conversation right here on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman, here with Bishop, as well as some of our young adults. We've been having a great conversation, and I think we've got one final question.
3: All right, so right at the very beginning of the show, we were tasked just with the idea of what is a young adult? You know, what is that comprised of? And it becomes very obvious very quickly that the young adult lifespan or age group really crosses a lot of life's milestones. You know, we graduate from college, we find a professional job, um, we discern our state in life, and we're just listening for our our call to holiness um, and our mission to holiness in general. As we go through these discernments, sometimes we watch our peers figure this out faster than we do for ourselves, and um, they make these transitions while we're being asked by God to wait. And I guess I would like to know, what is your advice to young adults who are in a season of waiting?
2: Yeah, I, You know what, I think we all Especially young adults need tools for discernment I remember when I was a young adult In discerning the priesthood I went through the spiritual exercises Of St. Ignatius And it was just so beautiful And it brought clarity to my mind To, to apply to the seminary So I think that's something that um, I really recommend for young adults Is um, that kind of learning How to prayerfully discern one's vocation And that's something that we could really If we did more in our parishes on that, I think that would be really interesting and helpful to young adults if there were some of these discernment groups so that could be discerning the different states in life. Making a lifetime commitment People used to do it much earlier than they do today. I don't know what the average age of marriages are now in the United States or or among Catholics in the United States, but certainly much later. So there are some obstacles, I think, also to young people making that permanent commitment, and maybe it's cultural pressures, whatever it might be. So that's why I really think uh, spiritual discernment is essential, and the church can really, has a rich tradition in that area. I think that would be wonderful if we we did more in that area uh, throughout the diocese.
0: All right. And also, we want to reintroduce Sean Allen, the director of young adult ministry here in the diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Could you kind of maybe wrap things up for us and maybe things that you learned from today and maybe where we can direct people for
7: more information about what's going on in the diocese? Sure. I just kind of wanted to make one comment to start with of often we're looking at statistics and data which doesn't present a very good future ahead you know with the statistic mentioned earlier of only one in ten young adults who were raised Catholic are still going to mass weekly or more and that number continues to drop so there's definitely some Things on the horizon to be concerned about um, but at the same time it's it's an exciting time because we see the church kind of reorienting reorienting itself focusing on this particular uh, new dynamic of of growing up and uh, changing making different transitions in the church and really being able to address those in uh, our parishes coming around to being open to doing things differently. All right? Yes, we need to change our registration form. That has been the same way for 20, 30 years. It's always worked. Well, it doesn't work well now. Mm-hmm. And parishes are beginning to be open to we need to do things different, which is scary. We don't know if new ways will work as well as they, things worked in the past. You know, how, Will it work at all? Will, how do we make these changes? But – we see this even through the Universal Church of Pope Francis uh, convening a synod focusing on young people that this is like the moment right now is a kind of a young adult moment in the church. I find it a very exciting time to be part of this, to be working with young adults, to be seeing how uh, the young adults themselves are going to kind of force change in the church, but but help this change take place. Kind of want, and also on a positive note of yeah. thi- things are very exciting.
2: You know, in light of what Sean said, I was reading just yesterday someone, I forget who it was, said that they didn't believe there was a crisis of faith in the world or in our country, but a crisis of hope. Hmm. Uh, I thought that was very interesting. I have, I've been thinking about that a crisis of hope, the gospel of hope. And I, you know, I personally, these young adults right here at, uh, today, and Sean, you give me much hope. That's a virtue that we sometimes forget. We hear a lot about virtue of faith and the virtue of love, charity. But, uh, you know, maybe what the world needs most and our culture needs the most today is hope. All right, thank you for that, Bishop. And
1: could we also get your Episcopal blessing before we go?
2: Sure, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now Now and forever. forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who Who made made heaven heaven and earth. earth. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. You're welcome.
3: Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame
0: Federal Credit Union.